Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. Every company has a story to tell, from the small startup to the large enterprise, and everything in between. This is one of them. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Marco. Sean. It's, uh, it's a long journey where we're headed to today. But do you actually know where we're heading or? I have an idea where we're headed. Well, that's good. That's already something. At least you have an idea of the direction where we're going. That's right. Right. It's over some water, over the water and through the woods, I think maybe is where (laughs) we're going. I don't know how many woods there are there, but, but, uh, we get to talk with our good friends. They've been on the show before, uh, the, uh, the folks that simulate, they do, uh, exposure management and security validation, and they've been growing tremendously and have made a couple new hires, uh, to broaden their reach globally. Uh, of course you and I know Marco and, and clearly they do threats don't target a specific region and leave others alone. They don't target certain companies and leave others alone. It's a free for all. <laughs> and, and we need all the help we can get wherever we are. It's a free for all, but also, yes, there are no boundaries, but uh, you may be dealing with different culture, different way to run the business and maybe different priority. So um, I'm not gonna say it's uncharted territory as you suggested to be going <laughs> who knows where, but I'm sure there is some kind of way that you need to adapt the way that you do certain things. But again, as usual, we're not the one that knows anything about this. And that's why <laughs> we have a guest. That that's, why we have a guest. that's why companies like Simulate hire uh, smart folks who know what the heck's going on. And that, in that case, that happens to be the same person that we're on with today, Ben Fitzpatrick. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, gentlemen. It's uh, it's a yeah, genuine pleasure to be uh, you know invited and uh, be a part of this podcast. Love it. We're we're excited to have you on and and hear about uh, all that you have going there. And let, let's start first by, um, I always say, when I was hatched, right? So not not far as back as when I was born, but it would kind of take a look back at where where you started your journey in in technology and and cybersecurity and how that led you to, uh, to simulate. Yeah, certainly, uh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's probably, a, a little different from, uh, as a executive leaders. I, uh, I started my journey in the multi, uh, I started at a very young age, 17 years old. Uh, I joined, uh, the world corps of signals, which is a technical trade, I guess. And, uh, I joined as a technician. I progressed into the Special Forces. I spent nine years in the Special Forces in the Parachute Regiment. And then, uh, due to a very, very, very unfortunate accident, I broke my back uh, on a parachute jump. I got retrained, <laughs> thanks to Her Majesty, into uh, IT. And that's where I guess uh, the, the story begins. I uh, I I came from a pre-sales and an engineering background, and moved into sales and sales leadership. And uh, yeah, that's where I am 
today. I think it's uh, it's a great story for me, you know, personally because I feel like it's a very multifaceted story. I've got experience on all sides, not just you know, uh, we'll cut your deal, we'll do your deal at this percentage. Like we, uh, I, I've learned to understand that there is a, a need that a customer has. There's a need that the vendor has, and how we bring those together is very important. Yeah, that's that's often the the difficult part, right? Um, talk talk to us a little bit about some of the experiences you've had uh, in the different roles, and and how that helps shape what you hope to do uh, with Simulate moving forward. That's a, you know, I think that's a great opener. And I think that uh, there's been a definite transition uh, in the market, both for customers, consumers, and vendors. Everyone's trying to, you know, scramble and get to the end game. Like, but no one really understands the end game right now. Uh, I, I, I think when I started with uh, this journey, I spoke to maybe three or four CISOs who I hold in very high respect, uh, both from Australia, Singapore, one in Malaysia. And they told me that this, uh, like CTEM, like uh, this continuous you know, threat exposure management, like two of the four described it as <laughs> The holy grail which i was like wow that's like that's a term that you don't hear every day they describe it as if you can always be in front or even not in front but as close to the adversary as you can possibly be then that's what we're driving towards and uh it, it really piqued my interest and that's what made me think about how I could help deliver value, how I could help deliver, you know, I guess some level of reassurance to the company or customer that we were doing everything that we could. I uh, I, I spoke to a number of companies, uh, Simon being one of them. I have a number of board connections. I sit on a number of boards and uh, Simon, I, when I spoke to Al, he was the CEO. He was the CEO, uh, brilliant guy. Him and Al, who is the co-founder and CTO, like they were the people who actually cared. They were people who I spoke to and weren't just thinking about the dollars and the value and how I got to 100 million ARR and how I did this and how I did that, how I could make this a sale, they actually still talked around how we can fix the customer's problem. And to me, that was that was the changing point. So, uh, you know, in a nutshell, I, I have my own drive, my own sort of, you know, uh, drivers to make me who I want to be and who the team I want to build and the people I want to bring on. But I could have worked for maybe a dozen companies. These guys are very, very serious about fixing customers' problems and are genuine, which it's not a common occurrence in this cyber in, in the cyberspace. You'd think it would be, but uh, that's not the case. That's not the case. So and it's an important part of uh, making a big decision like you made. So, Marco. 
Yeah, I, I want to just dive into kind of what we were playing at the beginning of the conversation and, and explore how do you adapt? So you, you go into the company, you meet the team, you, you discover the way to work, the problem they solve, the way to do that, and then you, you grow and you go to a different geographic area. And what, what do you do at that point? I mean, do you create another team that kind of speak the same language per se of that culture, that business? Or what, what, what do you do? What's step by step? Yeah, it's a great question, Marco. And I think that uh, I've got a great team. I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed that I have got to work with and have a team that follow me. And, you know, uh, also I'm very invested in them. They are a bunch of professional people who are, they're not your, you know, uh, I hate to say this, you know, used car salespeople. They are more concerned about how to fix the customer's problem. Because they know, like this customer uh, is important. The, the company we work for is important. But what the, the most pressing question is for them is, how can I help the customer? And I think uh, what led me to be successful, and you know, hopefully continue to be successful, is the team that I bring on board is they're focused on the customer. They're focused on the customer's problems. They really, really, really want to help the customer. CTEM, like I said before, the, I had a number of CISOs describe it as the holy grail. And when you think about it, it's like it's not too hard to work out. Patching and testing and all the stuff that, you know, I've been in security 20 plus years. It's important. But how do you actually prioritize a patch or prioritize a remediation? You have to understand what it means to the business. Uh, and unfortunately, <laughs> the businesses are not very aware of what it means to the business, not just fiscally, but, uh, you know, Financials are one thing, and guess what? Like, that's all the board really wake up and care about. The board wake up and go, wow, we just lost $100 million. But guess what? What about a customer churn? What about customer trust? What about the name in the market? And what the team I wanted to bring on my board was like someone who could educate the customers they were speaking to around here. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's a problem, yes. But B, there's a solution. Uh, we are behind the eight ball and APAC, very much so. I think uh, between 15 and 20% behind AMIA uh, and North America, which, you know, it's, it's a problem. It's embarrassing. It's something that needs to be fixed. But what I wanted to do was get a team that wanted to work with customers to help them prioritize not just the fiscal value, but also like reputational, make it important to the company that they were doing the right thing. And uh, generally in APAC, uh, I've worked then and we have, I, I spent time in North America as well and Europe over my 30 year tenure. Uh, in APAC, I can tell you now over nothing that they, the executives take it very seriously. They want 
to be held responsible. They want to be accountable. And I think that that is a big difference between the other markets. I, would. I love what you shared here, Ben. And I want to kind of stick with the, the regional aspect. Um, clearly, people understand. Um, your team understands. I'm wondering how how does what you do simulate do as a as an offering perhaps help not just cover that twenty percent but maybe even take take the region ahead in in where they're going because I mean the the whole point of continuous uh, monitoring yeah staying ahead of the the attacker right understanding the attack path and and, and having the intelligence to know where they're headed and, and being ahead kind of says you can get ahead. <laughs> not just play catch up. So talk to us about how what you plan to do will help leapfrog some of the, the current situation there. It's a good question, Shane. Generally, yeah, I think that uh, if we take if, if, if we strip out security, if we strip out technology, everything has a life cycle. Like I, I hope you agree that there is a zero to a hundred. Like, if we look at antivirus for uh, for instance, you know, like you look at uh, Sophos, you look at you know, Symantec, you look at McAfee, there's uh, an evolution lifecycle. And they all do exactly the same thing, but it's, it, it's a race to the bottom. It's almost uh, who can get their cheapest, who can get their fastest. What can we do? Like I, I, I have worked for services companies, very, very high value services companies. Like uh, you know, I worked for uh, Mandiant, I worked for NCC. Like for instance, the red teaming element, uh, very that's like a very, very, very high skilled area. We need some of the best people in the industry to be able to act like the adversary, to really, really, really understand the tools that be the the pursuit to really really like be able to do the maximum amount of damage that you can or not damage depending on the level of the other team ntc and you know uh, mandy did a good job of it uh they scared the holy bejesus out of customers i think the same as anything it's it's an evolution so what companies like simulate that i'm not gonna like say Simulate the only company doing this now but what Simulate are doing are using automation ttp ai to be able to perform the same level uh of intrusion attacks uh but without damage but give the same validation back to a customer you know, customers appreciate that. Customers appreciate that, you know, we are scared. Of course we're scared. <laughs> Everyone's scared uh, about what the potential impact could be. But what we're doing is we're giving you a way to validate your security controls without actually, you know, shutting you down, without causing you business impact. I think that's what's important. It's about, you know, me wrong red teaming pen testing everything's important like 100 it's important but what's important is also being able to do this at the drop of a hat on a tuesday or a wednesday a CISO wakes up and goes do you know what i'm not comfortable 
I wanna I wanna test my applications. I just don't wanna test my infrastructure and my software. I, I wanna go and go and test my like my SaaS. I wanna go and test everything that we we're getting as a service and then get something back that helps me go, wow, I didn't realize last Tuesday <laughs> that this was a problem, but now it's a problem. How do I go and prioritize this risk? And that's what it all comes back to. It's, it, it's about risk prioritization. As a CISO, as a CIO, like there's a million things out there. But how do I fix what's really important? Does that make sense? Absolutely does. And I'm, I'm thinking back to uh, when we got, had a chance to speak with Nir Loya. Uh, I believe he's the, the VP of product there. And he, he, he outlined five things, scoping, discovery, prioritization, validation, and mobilization. And you just you spoke to those two points, in my opinion, very clearly, uh, where how, how are you going to take your, your knowledge and answer key questions? He, he put a couple out. Are we at risk to this emerging threat? And do we have the necessary capabilities to protect us if we were under attack from that threat? And... And that leads to well, what, what do you do when, when something you have to make a change, right? Either, either to mitigate or respond. Uh, that's the action piece, uh, looking at it from a pure risk perspective. And I guess so with, with those things in mind, kind of leading it back to the, the region again, um, are the conversations you're having with, with folks that you're speaking with, are they at that same level? to say th those are the exact types of questions we're looking to answer and we're trying to drive toward the same outcomes of mitigation and response with real intelligence. Really interesting question because I could speak to 50 customers and they'd have 50 different responses Sean, it's uh, the end goal to me is like, uh, how would you respond? Ultimately, everything ends in response, like not just from a cyber perspective, from, from psychology, human psychology. How do we respond? How do we digest? How do we understand, you know, the conversation? How does it make us feel? And then how do we respond? And I think that companies are only really on the verge, uh, if at all, on the response piece. They think they're having a retainer is like a tick box and yeah don't get me wrong like it is and if you have a insurance policy with uh, a cyber provider yeah okay that takes the box and then you have to pay a little premium but in retrospect you have to actually understand as a business uh, like what's important to us if this happens, <laughs> what do we do? How do we react? Let's not just take a box. Why don't we try and stay ahead of the curve? Why don't we try and, you know, not have to deal with 80% of the problems? Why don't we deal with 20% of the problems? And I think that's where Simon Life uniquely positioned. We're minimizing the risk window. We're, we're trying to make it around how can we help you understand your business? How can we help you deal with the most important threats slash adversaries? And some of it's mismanagement, some of it's internal, you haven't done the right things. 
Like that's the difference right now. And I've worked, like I said, in security a long time. And like you can put all the mitigating controls you want into a plan. But unless you truly understand it uh, as an internal person or an organization, then that, that's where I think the difference is. Well, and, let, and again, let, uh, let's go there, Ben. I, I want to stop you because this is a question I, I often have in my mind because there's so many technologies that we have that we can use to protect ourselves. But then there's a bunch of stuff that we use to run the business. And then there's a team that uses technologies to, to kind of bridge, bridge the gap and manage risk and, and exposure and all that stuff. So the question I have for you is how does what you offer fit into a security program? Who takes the lead on bringing this in? How does that change the, the definition of the program, uh, the, the team structure? I mean, you spoke to kind of the, the, the human element here and, and how, how people think right before they respond. Hopefully they think before they respond and maybe even practice before they respond. So how do, how do you fit in to that environment? Help people understand how they bring you in and do good things together. It generally is a great question. I think the, the difference is that people are becoming more proactive. They are getting uh, more awareness, 100%. And, and, and again, not to you know, beat you guys up, but like the likes of this podcast, it's, it's trying to help people understand how to get in front of the curve. Yeah? It's not about... Uh, waiting for the event to happen. I think with Samolite, uh, it's the only company I've ever worked for that has a truly proactive element. It's not around the past, what can we do, and then how do we learn, what ATP, what IOC do we do to stop it happening again. They're trying to go from, like, uh, you have a security score of 60. We want to get you, like, 90. There's no such thing as 100%, guys. And like I'll tell you on record right now, like as someone who's been in the industry for 20 years, like you can't protect against everything. So I'm telling you, you can't do that. What Simulate are doing is looking at your existing security controls, validating them, and actually trying to work out the, the efficacy how can these things work together or how do they work together in order to make sure that you are protected? And if you're not protected, like, we're going to be the first people to tell you. We're going to be like, this, this is wrong, this is wrong. But if you did this, this, and this, which would take an analyst minutes, it would give you that coverage. And I, again, like that's different to anything else I've ever seen. I've worked with you know, companies who've developed MDR and they've done things and like, it's like, ah, oh, you guys are too stupid. We'll just fix it for you. That's not, that's not what someone is trying to do. Some, what someone is trying to do is give you the education around your controls, what you could do differently to almost immediately impact those controls, if that makes sense. Absolutely does. And like, I can see why, Simulate brought you in your, your experience. You have to know this stuff, right? <laughs> you, you can't wing it yet. You have to know. And I can see why Simulate brings you in uh, all the different roles you've had and, and experienced at different companies. 
gives you gives you that knowledge, right, Marco? Absolutely. And and if there is one thing that I get from you, if you have this, uh, let, let's be clear policy. Like you have a team that cares about stuff, they don't promise things that they do not follow through, and you're not promising the moon, but you're promising something that is achievable. So what, what I would like to, to know to close this is as, as you're expanding in all this new market, looking a little bit of uh, into the future as we're also closing the year with the prediction. How, how do you see things change? I mean, I, I think, and I agree with you, that being uh, trustworthy and honest is always the best thing to do when you deal with client. But also, oftentimes, you bring something different to the table and simulate. I'm sure it has some uh, uh, weapon in their in in their arsenal that make them probably a little bit more appeals than than other company. I'm not saying they're not doing the right thing, but what makes simulate special, especially expanding into market where you want to get more than that twenty percent. It is a great question, and uh, I think what's different is that uh, you just alluded to it. Technology fixes one or two problems, yeah? Like uh, point technology fixes this problem. We have four or five technologies, and they all fix very different problems. Uh, it's exciting that we can help customers in certain ways to do things in a point-in-time case. Or not in a point-in-time case, like, uh, for instance, the BAS, uh, which is the breach attack simulation. It's like pen testing, but... Uh, instead of pen testing, you run once a year for a tick box. We do it like, oh, yeah, we'll do it this month. Boom, 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 boom. We do it and we, do, uh, we can continually do it, which is exciting to me because it's a continuous element of safety. Uh, but if you want to change the scope, I want to do it to applications. I want to do it to SaaS. I want to do it, you know, the hard way. That's that's one thing where we're going towards and I think uh, where companies are lacking is the analytics exposure analytics is what we call it and uh, it doesn't have to just be uh, our products exposure analytics can take in your vulnerability management it can take in you know your bus if you use a different product taking your score, your antivirus, everything. What we're trying to do is get to a position where our analytics can give you the ability to reduce your risk. And I think that's, uh, yeah, to me it's exciting, but also it's something that could change the market. It, it, it doesn't matter what you have or what you've got. It means that whatever you've invested in, that you can, you know, you can plug this in and you can actually get the realization uh, of your investment because it, no one likes spending money and then going, oh, guess what? Uh -huh. You shouldn't have spent money on that. Or you shouldn't have spent money on this. Or that was a bad decision. It's about making sure that uh, the money you've spent has been validated. And I think that's what exposure analytics will do. It will really help validate uh, what we're doing globally, uh, mankind-wise, and then be able to translate that back to a company as in, uh, what can you rationalize? 
What makes sense? What doesn't make sense? Do I spend a hundred thousand on this when it's giving me two percent? When I'm spending forty thousand on this and it's giving me ninety percent, it's all around. Uh, it's a business decision, and I think that's uh, the thing I joined Simlake for was the exposure analytics. Yeah, I I can certainly see that, and I I think. Ultimately, it does boil down to the dollars and cents, right? Are you, are you doing the right thing with the right investments? And having the other conversation as well uh, with Nier, it, it really says to me, I mean, <clears throat> and having all the conversations I have on, on my show, Redefining Cybersecurity, it's all about making informed decisions, decisions that are fast, decisions that stick, that you're not second guessing and having to, to retract and redo later and decisions that don't uh, destroy the team right it goes back to the human element as well you you can't you can't burn the team out you you can't kill the business team's uh efforts to drive revenue um it's all decisions and it's we have data it's a matter of how to, how you get the data how often you can look at it how easily you can analyze it and translate it into something that makes uh, helps make a good decision that uh to me Sounds like the, the the perfect scenario, and I'm I'm uh, happy to have this chat with you, Ben, and uh, congratulate you on your new role, and and <clears throat> hope that hope that the expansion in in the regions uh, that you and your your counterparts are are making are successful. Um, time to change uh, how we look at things and how we measure things. And Sean, thank you. I echo back like I really appreciate uh, having you, Marco, on. You know, uh, had me on the call at uh, the, the team that's been built to share the same values as me. That then they're not about uh, you know taking dollars from customers. They're about how can we help customers, and that's what you know. Personally, I feel is uh, something that's missing in the security market. You want to wake up in the morning and be proud of what you do, and because yeah. what what you do is important. And I I want to invite everybody to check on all the notes that we're going to leave here so that they can really understand and get in touch with you and uh, and explore opportunity, hopefully, with uh, Simulate. Well, I'll yeah. include the link to the, the chat we had with Nir. Uh, it, was, it was an incredible conversation as well. So I'd encourage everybody to listen to that too. And uh, yeah, wherever you are, Simulate's in your region now, it seems. So, uh, so reach out to them and, uh, and have a conversation time to be more proactive thanks again ben and uh thanks everybody for listening and tuning in and stay tuned for for more brand stories here on itsb magazine we hope you enjoyed this conversation if you learned something new and the story made you think then share itsbmagazine.com with your friends family and colleagues we hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey you can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.